boldly say that I pledge allegiance to the Lamb with all my strength, with all I am, and I will seek to honor His command. I pledge allegiance to, I pledge allegiance to the Lamb, oh, and I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. With all my strength, with all I am, and I will seek to honor His command. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. God bless you. Welcome to the house of the Lord tonight. You've all been made welcome, some of our visitors. It's good to be here. Why don't you shake hands with somebody beside you? Can you do that? Welcome them. I think we can, don't have to be stiff, we can... We can be friendly one to another. I'll let you have your seats just for a moment. John, just hang on there if you will. Amen. It's uh, it's a youth meeting, but we have, I think, some parents who are in, as I'd mentioned, and I think we want to just be open and we want to make much of these moments and these times, so God bless you all that are here to those that I know, those that I don't know, the visitors, God bless you. We welcome you all. And uh, we just want to also just say that, um, uh, as Brother John has already said, it's our first youth meeting of the year. And I believe that God has us here to, to be able to benefit and to, to work towards living closer. I think we need not just to be here for a form and to say we have it, but I believe we really need to get closer to God. I believe we need more of God than we've ever needed before. And I believe that the day is more evil than it's ever been before, and I believe we need God more than we ever have. So Brother Andrew and I had talked last year a little bit about some subjects that we would get into, and as I mentioned uh, on service on Wednesday, there's some things we'd like to spend a little bit of time getting into, and, and mostly on the subject of um, relationships um, that will deal with a number of different things. It'll be influences that come in our lives, both good and bad, recognizing them and, and what to do about them, our communications, dealing with our communications in church amongst one another, dealing with our communications in public, dealing with our communications in private. And uh, so I want to deal with that as well. Our, our, we also want to look at just the attitudes of the generation and how they come upon us and we don't even recognize as Brother Moses is here and Brother Moses had spoke a couple of good services on, on the, the influence, the silent influences that come and we don't recognize it. And I, I, I want to just say, I can get affected. You can get affected. And we want to be able to 
by the light, by the light of God, take away the darkness that would come in. So it can affect our attitudes. It can affect our respects one to another, our respects towards the Word of God. I'd like to talk a little bit on, on headship, why it's needed, why God brought it in. I'd like to talk a little bit on friendships, that it is dealing with the, the way we are with one another. Courtship, we'd like to do, deal with that. But there's, there's a number of different levels we would like to go to. So um, I'd like you to be in prayer for our meetings. We want this, we're going to have some services here. We're going to have some in a, uh, in a group setting, in a gathering. We're going to try and bring different things in. And um, as of right now, this is um, September 30th, so... This is our first youth meeting. We've, we've got, I believe, the next one is going to be on the 14th and then on the 28th. So um, on the 14th, we actually have a, a visiting brother who will be here ministering for us for a youth service, and we had talked, and that's Brother Steve Brisson from Quebec. So that's two weeks from today. We're going to look forward to that, and we've been discussing some topic matter, and he'll be bringing some things then on the 28th. But we've got other meetings, but I'm looking forward to it. And I pray that you're all welcome and that you're all blessed by being here. We, we just want to, to welcome you. We're going to, as I said, have some home meetings and things as well. So as we talk on this, I, I don't want to make this so much um, a level of what you can't do or rather impose restrictions or impose things or, or this is what you have to do to line up. But I rather want to look at what we can do. I want to look at it in the freedom that God has given us, and I want to be able to do it on the basis of truth and by God's Spirit. So this is not the law, <laughs> although we will have to have some basis and boundaries for what we do, but it needs to come from within. And so it, it's, it's the law of the Spirit of life, and we, we want to be able to bring some of those principles but we want to relate them to a manner how we act and how we conduct ourselves. And I, I, I recognize one thing with all of this, that we're at different levels. There are some here that are, are very mature. There are some here that are, you know, it seems like every year we lose a couple of young people to marriage. Uh, and, and, and now we lost, we lost some that are getting married and things. And so, but, but you know, it's, it, it's like... And by the way, I'm going to invite some of them. Like you know, you know, up until the time that they have children, they're welcome to come and be a part of us. And <laughs> but it seems like you know we have different ones that are mature. We have some that are you know in, in different steps of life. Some that are filled with the Holy Ghost. There's others that are on the correct trajectory that are working towards that. Um, there, there's others in the journey in different places, and, and maybe there's others that have questions, they aren't there, and so we need to address this from all levels to all people. And, there's, and, and we all have different backgrounds in our homes. We have some that come from very stable homes, very good homes, homes where, where things are talked about and communicated, and that's wonderful. That, I think it, we need to encourage that. And, and and we want to be open about these things. So, and then there's others that don't come from those or don't benefit from those things. And, and, and maybe homes that have maybe just let things slip a little bit. But we want to together, we want to move together. Is that right? Amen. We all want to move together. 
And uh, you say, well, Brother Ed, just get to the bottom line. What can I do? What can't I do? You know, how, how can I conduct myself? Well, we'll get there. But, but you know what? Let's, let's get there in the right way and, and let's, let's, let's look at, you know, what are the standards? What are the different things? So I want to be able to, and I, like I said, we've been praying about this. I've been, I do have a burden and um, I, I want to be able to, to take this and, and work in it. God bless you. Nice to see you. And, uh, and, um, but I, I want to be able to take this. We are a separated people. We are not just another church. We, you know, we, we just think, well, I come to church, and this is what our church believes. You know, what does your church believe? Well, what the pastor teaches. Well, what does the pastor teach? Well, what the church believes. You know, and, and we don't know what we're doing, and we're just walking around and da-da-da-da-da. But we want to be able to look back, right? We want to be able to have truth flowing out of us. And uh, we want to prosper, and we want to do these things in a good way. So I'd like you to stand, and uh, we'll, we'll sing a song. Brother John, just so you know, I had three songs written down, and you already sang two of them. And so I, I, I'm not going to tell you what they are, but you're in the right channel. So I, I, let's just sing uh, something different. But Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Can you, can you say that, Lord, to my heart, to me today, prepare me to be what you want me to be. Oh, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Oh, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving. time. Make it personal between you and God now. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. Thank you. 
they're still playing and we bow our heads. Heavenly Father, as we've sung this song and as we've already sung songs here today, we're now inviting you, Lord, as we open the pages. Lord, we're asking your spirit would break the bread of life. Father, I pray that the word would find a resting place in every heart that's here. Lord, those that may hear afterwards, those that may listen in, I pray, Lord, that the word would find its root and place in every home. Father, I give myself to you, and I'll give this service to you. We're asking you, just take us in your hands. Take every precious soul that's here, Lord. Father, they're your children, and we're asking, Lord, that you will minister. You will bring them unto yourself. Grant it, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you to our musicians. I'll invite you to turn to the book of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. <clears throat> Before I actually read the portion I'm going to read, I'm going to read a quotation. Brother Branham would speak, and this is in a message called A Blushing Prophet. And he's coming to the end of the service, and he sees young men, and he sees young women, and he says, to see these young women coming, weeping life before them. They're at the crossroads. They are a victim of circumstances. Do you realize, old men, when we were boys, our boys has got ten times the temptation that we had? Now, this is 1956. Could you imagine the temptation that some of our youth have today from what we, uh, elders that are here, what we had when we were younger? Now, listen how Brother Branham puts this. Sister, do you realize that your daughter has ten times the temptation you had when you was a girl? What will her daughter have? Now, Brother Branham is speaking to our parents, but to now us that are here. What will her daughter have? Look at the things, the picture that the devil is painting. So he's painting a picture. Do you, he says, oh, how we need to pray. Now we'll go back to you again. Brother, do you know, we realize we don't pray half as much as our fathers did? Pastor, do you know that we don't put as much time on our knees as the pastors before us did? Women, do you realize you don't instruct your daughter and pray with her at night like your mother did? These are, these are good questions. I know it's sobering just for a moment, but this is a basis why there's a burden on our heart. And he would say, then who is guilty? We are all guilty. There's no way around it. We are guilty. And then he says of himself, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of not doing the job of God like I do. I'm confessing it that I'm wrong. I'm asking God to be merciful. I look and see opportunities I missed because of petty things, little old insignificant things that don't mean nothing. So we want to, if we've missed something, let's pick it up. Let's, let's raise the standard higher. 
I, I, I asked Brother Andrew because Brother Andrew concluded the service on Wednesday, and he sang that song, Undefiled. And I, I was one of the songs that I, I, it, it just was so leading into this, and then Brother John sang other songs, but I believe that there's a generation, and I believe you are that generation. So we're going to read uh, from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but that which becometh women professing godliness with good works. So the adornment, not of these other things, Paul said in verse 9, but the adornment that professes godliness, which is good works. Now, when this is applied, this is applied to the, the bride, which we all are, spiritual, but it's applied to the sisters, natural. Go over to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Now, it, it is addressing this to the wives, but I, I'm, I'm going to use this because in this room right now, we have future wives. We have future husbands. We may have future pastor's wives, future pastors or ministers' wives or future ministers or deacons or song leaders. They, they may exist right in this room right now. So in order to get there, you've got to work with where we're at right now. So as we're looking forward and as we're saying there's a future, I don't see it, I don't know it, but I'm giving myself to it. So verse 1, likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they may be they may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. And now Peter breaks into what Paul was saying to Timothy. He's talking about the adorning. Whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of the plating, the hair, and of wearing of gold, or of putting on apparel. Now, we all put on apparel, but it's not that that's the main thing. We spend more time getting dressed for, for church sometimes, naturally speaking, than we do spiritually speaking. Let's, let's take care of both, okay? And so it says, verse 4, But let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. My, isn't this a, isn't this a tremendous scripture? As, as, I, as God had called me out of a world and out of a background, and as I served God as a single man, and, you know, many years, and you're looking forward to, well, you know, what's the future hold? This was a scripture I held in my heart about my future with my wife. This was one that kept me when other things came. This is one that I was looking for. 
the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Verse 5, for after this manner in the old time, the old women, the holy women also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. God bless you. You may have your seats. Today's service is going to be directed uh, at all of us in the spiritual. It will be reflected more upon the sisters today. And the brothers said, oh, thank you. I'm not going to get it today. No, you're not getting it either way. God's going to speak to all of us. Is that right? So uh, we're going to speak today on royal robes. And the subject will be femininity and modesty. Okay, so I want to take this because... Uh, I think Brother Andrew, I wasn't here for that service, but Brother Andrew, I think, used an illustration about um, we go a certain direction and the world comes closer to us. And uh, I I don't remember exactly the context. You may remember it. But I want to use this in this context today. Uh, When I was a young person, and as I'm thinking of this quote about ten times the temptation, I would say it's a hundred times uh, I'll, I'll, I'll betray my age, but I was in high school between the years 1976 to 79, and I remember when I went to school, and I was in public high school, and there was things that were not even mentioned. You know, if, if somebody was talked about being gay, I, I wasn't from the era where it meant to be gay was to be happy. That, that's a different era. I'm not that old, okay? But there, there was an era where to be gay, it was, oh my, that, that, that was like hands off. Like just, you wanted nothing to do with it. That's not the environment we live in today. It's, it's open. It's brazen. It's everywhere around us. So in, in those years, I still remember there, there was a distinction between what was called, a, uh, I'm going to call it, the masculine spirit and the feminine spirit, even though amongst the people there was already a perversion in the dress, but nowhere to the level that it's at today. There was a distinction back then between what was feminine and what was masculine, and there was a clear gap, and you could see it. And, and, but I'll say in today's world, that gap has closed. It has actually crossed lines, and it's completely off the rails. And I, I say, we need to make clear distinction about where we stand. You say, well, we're in the message, Brother Ed. I'll say this, the attack comes even into the message. So we want to be clear, and, and not just about the outward, because Remember, you're a three-part being. You've, you've got a body, you've got a spirit, and you've got a soul. And, and in your body, your outward appearance, you say, by all appearance, that is a woman and that is a man. But in your spirit realm, you can already be perverted and your, your, your feminish outside can take on masculine characteristics if you're not careful. I, I'm, I, I just let me say some of these things, and, I, and I'm not saying it as, as going on anybody, but if, if, it, if it isn't, and if it is, let's get the devil out. If that darkness is creeping in amongst us, let's put light on that today. 
And if it isn't in us, let's all bear this with, within ourselves when we rub shoulders with the world. So I'm, I'm really approaching this, this slowly, and, and, and I'm doing it. But the world we live in is darkness. Now, in 1964, Brother Branham spoke the message, Shalom, and he used I, the, the book of Isaiah, I believe it was chapter 61, but he talked about darkness, even gross darkness is on the face of the earth. Gross darkness is on the people. Now, you and I, uh, let me just, let me use, how many grew up in a message home? Just raise your hand. Okay, how many did not grow up in a message home? So you, there, there, okay, so there, there are among you, you have seen within your home, and all you know is, is this is what mom and dad told me, and all you know is the world around me is different than that. But maybe the spiritual distinction has never come to you in a, in a level, and you just think, oh, that's just common, that's how people are. But if we can recognize it and the grievousness of the sin, the darkness that is on the face of the people, I, I, I believe if you're really born of God, you're going to feel that sometimes. You're going to feel that darkness, you're going to see it around you, you're going to see it in different ways. And, and, and I would say, we, we want light to come upon it. Now, Brother Branham, in the message, Shalom, and I'm just taking a few select quotes. I'm not going to try. I want to just hit some points tonight. And, and I, I, I don't expect to fully finish this, but I, I want to establish this moving forward because I, I believe it's important. Now, Brother Branham would talk about this in, in the message, Shalom. He said, now... As I cross the nation and I go into different places, I, I see the word, God vindicating his word. It's coming to pass. It's speaking into existence. And he says, and people sit and look at it and continue in their same condition. Now, I don't want that to be in here. I want it to be when we come here, we're being changed. How many can say amen to that? Okay, so he says now, and he jumps right into this. Now, I'm not disregarding anything, but it's like our sisters. Many times when I speak to them about wearing those clothes and cutting their hairs and little things. Oh, it's just a little thing. Don't let Satan reason it out. Brother Branham is talking here. They'll continue in those things, they're good people. They're fine people. And they can't understand, I come back the next year, instead of being better, it's worse. Here's a sister that once had lovely long hair, and she's cut it off. Here's a man that looked like he took a stand, and he's gone right back like a dog to its vomit, a hog in the wallow. It seems like something has struck our people. It, he says, it seems like it struck the world that they don't have the understanding there's something wrong. How many can say, as you look at the world, there's something wrong? I mean, my, 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 my. I, I, I've seen some images that I don't even want to try to describe or repeat over the pulpit in any way. It, it is so, so disgusting. Now, and, and that's just in, in public, and everybody can see it. Now, he says, now, 
to, to drop into our subject, and I'm, I'm just continuing right from what Brother Adam says. Now, I notice the women in our day, they don't seem to have that ladylike that they once had. It, they want to, but there's something that won't let them do it. It seems that there's a heaviness. You tell a lady that she should not do such and such a thing, but there's something that presses her the other way. Now that pressure is on, on, on all of us here today. It's on, it's on your parents. It's on your mothers. It's on me. It's on, it's on this generation. And, and now, brother, something presses her. He's talking to the woman. And here's Brother Branham's words. The poor thing, I feel sorry for her. Now, now he, he's saying something struck the earth. Something struck the people. And now, look, look where he goes with it. Poor thing, I feel sorry for her. These are his next words. She's so caught in a web of Hollywood. Okay, now, you say, Brother Ed, I do not watch movies. I do not, but Hollywood presses its way in. It, it does. It, you, you can look at something good and an advertisement pops up. You can have an ad blocker and you can do all kinds of things. But it pops up. And, and it pops up as you're driving down the road. It, it's, it's all around. So I don't do that. But listen to the next part. And advertisements in television, in radio, and newspaper on the street, in the store windows, modern dress and so forth, and the way that other women meet her. Now, I'll tell you what, that covers almost everywhere you go. So, I, I say, you need to have something greater in you than what's out there. I, I, I would say, I need more of God. Our parents need more of God. We need to be able to take time and understand our children, if there's parents that are listening. We need to take time to pray with them. And I would say, we need to create an atmosphere in our homes where if there is a pressure, Mom, Dad, can I talk to you? I'm struggling. There's nothing wrong with admitting that. Don't ever feel like, I've got to perform, I've got to do this, and then on the inside, your heart's 180 degrees the other way. Don't let that happen. Come, pray. If you, have a, if you can't have confidence, find someone you have confidence in. I wanted us to be open as ministers, as a church, that we can always be there in some way to help. Now he says he'll also go because he, I, I need to bring both sides. He says, it seems they can't pull away from it. Young people, old people, Middle age. I think that covers the whole gamut. Now, there's something about man. Man doesn't have the masculine touch. Women don't have the feminist touch. Men today don't seem to be burly. They want to wear suede shoes with purple. They want to act like women. That's true. It's a perversion. A woman wants to cut off her hair, act like a man. A man wants to act like a woman. And yet you talk to them, and they're nice people to talk to. Friendly, sociable people. What has caused this? He said, it's gross darkness on the people that has pushed them into that. So... I'm using this, the darkness exists. Now, let me just make these couple comments about darkness. What is greater, light or darkness? Light. 
So let's, let's say on the darkest night, on the stormiest night, you're in this sanctuary, there's no power, there's no nothing, and it's dark. All it takes is just a little match, and the darkness starts to move away. All it takes is, okay, you guys don't identify with that, do you? All it takes is to turn on the flashlight app on your phone, and it turn, drives the darkness away, doesn't it? You, listen, I got much more response on that one. All it takes is that, and it drives it away. So darkness exists because of the absence of light. The enemy loves to hide in darkness. He doesn't want us to tell the truth. He, doesn't, he wants us to hide in the darkness. He doesn't want us to come to the light. So, so what we need to do is project the light that exposes him. That exposes the darkness. And I, I believe that we're, we're in an age where we need to, to, to do this and, and we need to bring light on situations. And, and we need to bring it to a level where it really um, begins to expose it. So sometimes, and I, I want to say it this way, you, you can all, you can go to denominational circles and, and worlds and, and, and there's a pressure that's on on, on ministers because of the darkness on churches. You take secular churches and, and, and some of these churches to keep the people, they start moving in a direction where they'll appeal to that which was in the people. In, in the book of John, it would say, people love darkness rather than light. They would not want to come to the light lest their deeds be exposed. Now in them, there's a control tower. It wants to be religious. It wants to serve God. But it wants to satisfy the darkness that's in them. So, so they'll begin to do, make programs. They'll begin to, to take and have musical programs. They'll begin to have coffee fellowships or, or other things. And, and that's what will keep people coming. But I'll say the true light... The real believer wants the Word of God, wants to come to the light. Lord, I want no trouble at the river. I want to walk with you as we go along the way. I believe that's what we want to do as a, as a group of people here. So go with me to Genesis 1. Now, I'm, I'm going to take just maybe a little longer than the 9 o'clock today, but I'm going to do that because you do not have to rush anywhere after this. We're going to have a little fellowship downstairs. So, so there, I've just cut your travel time, and I've added into the ministerial time. Is that all right? Okay, tremendous. Now I've lost some people because they're in a wonder, what kind of refreshments are we going to have, and what's going on? Well, listen, that's, that's, that's just the natural man. What about your spiritual man, okay? Genesis 1, very familiar, but I want, to, I want you to look at this. Very few in the church world have this. We in the message have this. Now, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the, the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, Brother Branham would talk about this, and, and he will also just say now, in questions and answers on Genesis, And God took a piece, 
Now, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm using this part, but this is in the spirit realm, in the theophany realm. They lived in one body. And I'm, a lot of my, my thoughts can come out of a message called oneness. Because God wants to bring us back to oneness in, in, in our being. But he also reflects that in our natural relationships, okay? So now I, I'm going to refer. So Genesis 1, he says, God, where did he get the spirit of the woman? Genesis 1, verse 26. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now listen how he says it. He made the burly spirit for the man. He made the tender, little, delicate, feminish spirit for the woman. Okay? You say, Brother Ed, I, I, I get that. But I'll tell you what. Everything is pushing to homogenizing these things together. Why? You have men that are men on the outside, 200-pound weightlifters with a feminine spirit in them. And you can tell because they have a little curl on the back of their head. They talk with a sweet voice. And, and, and they're, they, there's nothing manly about that. And then you have a world where there's, there, there's women that are burly. They, they, they put on pants. They're aggressive in their nature. They talk. They're forward. There's a difference. Okay, There's forward and there's forward. One of the things God hates is a froward spirit. He doesn't want you to be pushing out there. And I'll say this. These are spirits that can come on us. I'll say this to the men here. Let's be real men. God, let me be a man that stands for you, that stands for godly principles. To our sisters, don't let me go down the road of being froward. Men are initiators. Women are receptors. And it's twisted. Because oftentimes in the world we live in, women become initiators. That's not God's way. Are, are we okay? I'm not scolding anybody. I'm just saying, these are the guidelines. The church world can't keep these guidelines. Because they have women in the pulpit. Because they have other things that God doesn't want. But I'll say this, what this age needed was Elijah. And I'm thankful Elijah told it straight. Now if you look at, there was a little problem with the spirit of Elijah. Doesn't matter if you start with Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 17. He stomped into Ahab's house and he had a problem with Ahab's wife. Or she had a problem with him, let me say it that way. Jezebel. And that problem existed when John the Baptist came. Because he went up into Herod's house and he said, it's not lawful for you to have your, your, your brother's wife. Now, that's the spirit of Elijah. And I'll tell you what, the Elijah in this day who would speak about the condition of the age, I'll tell you what, a lot of people, women, the, the, did not like that because it's contrary to the age. But I'm glad there are sisters, that there are real sisters in our midst who have said, no, I want to follow God's boundaries. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I don't want to spend too much time. I want to get on to part of this. If you look at the message the way the world perceives it, and I want you to think, if, if you can take Jezebel's viewpoint, you know what? I got my, my husband, Ahab. He's doing what I want him to do. And now this Elijah, this Tishbite, stomps in and upsets the whole apple cart. I want you to kill that guy. That, that's the spirit of, of the woman that was behind the throne. Now, 
we, we know that that actually refers also to the feminish spirit that's rising up in the spiritual woman who is, who is going to rule in this day, which is the Catholic Church. But it reflects in the natural. So we don't want it to reflect in the natural. So if, if we're living in the natural, the message looks to us like that is strict. Why? You know, and, and, and I'll tell you, sometimes it reflects in our conversation. Do your parents make you do that? Okay, let me ask yourself, what kind of a spirit would, would present it that way? Until we're born again. Now, I, I, there, there, there's relationships we're talking about. There, there was God's relationship before the fall. It was a oneness. Man and woman were equal. And, and they were equal and they were together and there was harmony with God. After the fall, because of how the fall came, God had to put boundaries on the man, on the woman, and those boundaries exist until today. And if you're a real child of God, you're content to live in those boundaries. I, I say, I want to live in them. So, uh, as, as we talked on this, now, I, I want to just take this thought, because we are focusing on the sisters. It's not that this message is against sisters. You know, people will say, that's Brother Branham's opinion. No, it isn't Brother Branham's opinion. Brother Branham, had, he, he had the Spirit of God like Paul had the Spirit of God. They called Paul a hater of women. They called Brother Branham a hater of women. And so people will leave the message, and, and they will leave the message, and when they leave the message, I believe the Bible. But quite often what they want to believe is their interpretation of the Bible. They don't want the real light that was brought to us in this age, and you watch it reflect, and I, 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 don't, I don't want to appear negative on this, but one of the first things that declines when a family leaves the message or, or, or says, I'm going out, is the sisters say, oh, I'm out from that bondage, and they immediately start dressing different, and it immediately shows the spirit that actually was in there all the time. I think, let's not go there. I want to cooperate. Lord, show me the truth. I don't want a law. I want the Spirit of God that allows me to cooperate with you, Lord. Oh, my. That's, that's the true desire. Now, there, there, I could read number, a number of things, but if you look at, you can type in these words in, in, in a message shirt, but type in, a woman, a body, and sacred. And there's a number of places where Brother Ram talks that a woman's body is on a sacred order. Let me, let me read one of these here. O woman, pass your modern thinking of dress, pass your modern thinking before you go on the street. You young women, you old women, before you go out on the street with your clothes so tight, pushed out in the back and in the front, now, I, 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 I'm not going to be able to do it all. I want to go into this in a way that you, this isn't just against our sisters here. But this is for all of us. This is for brothers. I, and I'll say this to the brothers. You know, say, Brother Ed, you, you, don't, you don't trust us? No, we, we, tr we, we trust anyone. We just don't trust the devil that's inside of you. <laughs> you see the devil's inside you? Well, first of all, let me say, your three-part being, Job said there was skin worms in his natural body. That was a fallen body. 
your spirit is also fallen. And, and it comes from a fallen nature. And whichever way you give it, as the Indian chief, whichever what you feed the most will lead you that way. So, so recognize, oh, I'm a good guy. Don't you trust me? Yeah, I trust you, but I don't trust your spirit. That, that would maybe take you in places if you allow it to. That's our battle. So I, I would say, Brother Branham said, or the Bible would say, having no confidence in the flesh. You know who said that? Paul. Having no confidence in the flesh. I don't trust myself. I'm staying in subjection. I'm staying under the Lord so that I don't create an environment as a brother. As a brother, and I say there's brothers here too. As brothers, we don't create an environment where we entice our sisters to, to feed our fleshly comments. Okay, I'm, being, I'm, I'm trying to be politically correct. I'm trying to be blunt at the same time. So, so we want to create an atmosphere. I'm, I'm, I'm so far down this path, I, I don't want to jump completely into it just yet. Let me, let me just say this. Pass your modern thinking before you go out on the street, before a man, you young women, you old, with your clothes so tight, pushed out in the back and the front. I'm not being critical. I'm your brother. I'm standing between the living and the dead, and I realize what I'm saying. Before you enter out, know that your body is a sacred order, a sacred caste that God has given you. Before you enter the street dressed like that, pass your mind through a thinking woman's filter. And remember, whosoever looks on you to lust after you, you've committed adultery with them already. And then to the brothers, brothers, before you turn your head to look on her, and it'll happen sometimes because you're, you're, you're still in, in fallen flesh. And he says, on the second glance, okay, so Brother Bram, he, he, he says, that'll happen. On the second glance, pass your mind through a thinking man's filter you'll come out with a holy man's taste. Now, I, I, there's, there's other quotations I, there's, you can read. I'm going to actually be printing some of these, and I'm going to be giving them to you after some of their services, and, and, um, because I want it to be a part of us. Just quickly to Revelations chapter 3. Revelations 3. This is now, we'll pick it up from verse 5. Now, the serpent speaking to the woman. The serpent speaking to the woman. He will say, For God does know in the day you eat thereof that your eyes will, will be opened and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. I just need to stop here for a minute. Now, Brother Branham, now, what's he doing? He's reasoning with her. Okay, now remember, the serpent will also reason with you. Okay? It may be different. It'll be on the order of eat, but it'll be even where you are in this church. He'll reason with you. Okay? Let, let, me, let me just give you a quotation or two here, if I can. Now, oop, here we are. Now, the one I, I want to just take is this. An attractive woman or a man, it'll work either way. You, you will go to the intellectual. Now, you will think this. Here is Mrs. Jones. She plays the piano. I can say that I don't think there's a Mrs. Jones here, and I don't think that there's such a piano player here. 
She's a good woman. She has done this. She's reasoning. And you'll see other women begin to dress immorally. They'll wear those little old clothes they wear in summertime around here, mostly in winter if they could, simply vulgar. Now he says, sisters, I want you to forgive me. I'm not here to hurt your feelings. But I'm a gospel preacher. And you begin to reason, if this woman can do it, and she's well thought of, and she goes to church, and she lives in the ranks of the message, I put that in there, she lives in the ranks of society is what it says, why can't I do it? Now, do you know why there has to be a standard? You know why there has to be a place, even before you get the Holy Ghost, to have a godly parent, to have a godly... Because if you begin to present anything out there, then other people see it, and they begin to take it on. Now, if you're in a position where you're at piano or you're doing things, I believe more so. But every one of us has to present a standard. Now... He'll, he'll say, younger girls, you take heed this morning to the gospel. Let the women dress themselves in modest apparel. Now, everything in this age is, as I said before, is forward. It's push the limits. You know, and so it, sometimes the question is, it's not worded this way, but it, it'd be worded, Brother Ed, or, or to parents, can I do such and such? You know, and so sometimes... The underlying thing is, how much can I get away with? <laughs> and, and, and you might not realize it, but that comes sometimes because your heart hasn't been fully washed, hasn't been fully given to God. But if you're a real brother, a real, you want to say, Lord, what's pleasing to you? What would you find pleasing? And so you, you, you don't want to draw your influence from somebody else. Now, the, the influences in this age are not just in the church, but they come into social media. They come because there's not just conversation in the church, there's conversation among friends, and sometimes, you know, you, you watch spirits begin to move together, and somebody who's maybe just a little dubious finds somebody else that they can, they can kind of entrench themselves, and yeah, I see it that way too. Yeah, you see it that way too. Listen, Let's not forget that happened in the first church God ever had when a third of the angels began to move together and said, yeah, I don't like the way this is. I don't like the way things are run here. Listen, we don't want to fall under that. And it can happen in social media and it can happen. And I would say this, the message we've been given is a pure message. It's not to be commented on or opinionated on. It's, I say this, if you have a comment about the message, you need to keep your comments to testimonies or upholding it. And not saying, I think. I say, whatever you do, keep the message pure. The message is not Brother Branham's opinion. It is God's opinion to this generation. And we want to keep God's word pure. Uphold it. Keep the flag flying high. That's the burden. So, so let's not create an atmosphere. Well, I'm going to post this, and I'm going to let them know what I think. Listen, ask yourself why you would do that, and what message you're trying to send, and who you're trying to send it to. And who is motivating you to do it? I say this, if you have a question, there's enough godly men, deacons, ministers, parents, bring a question to them.
But let, let it be a godly answer. Is, that, is this okay? I, I, I want to be straight. I, I believe if you're a real Christian, you want it straight. Is that right? Okay. As Brother Ram says, a real born-again child loves the Word, stays with the Word, and with the Bible. And then he says, God help you Canadians. Why would he say that? He says, don't ever let that American pollution get in there. <laughs> he said, that's right. Where did it come from? America. Where does America get it from? Hollywood. Where does Hollywood get it from? Hell. That's what has stripped our women. That's what's made immorality. That's what's made this conglomeration. He says, I'm so tired of it. And Brother Bam said, I need to keep a crucifix, a cross in my car because I, every time I look, I go back to that. That's my Lord. I, I did that as a young man. Kept that before me. We'll come to the young men yet. Let me, let me take one more on reasoning. Satan took reasonings and attacked the word. That's what shook Eve off the path. Okay, so I'm going to read the rest of this. Genesis chapter 3. God does know in the day you eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened. You'll be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food. Now, remember, he had penetrated. He had penetrated, and it was feeling, and the feeling was good. You know what? We, we have to be so careful, because sin is beautiful. And I say this to the brothers, to the sisters. The enemy wants to pervert the goodness that we have. And I say this, our, royal, our robes are royal robes. These are the femininity God desires, the masculinity God desires, the modesty because a woman's body is sacred. We want to uphold that with everything we can. Let's not, let's, if the devil's trying to bring those lines together, let's not do that, okay? Let's not fall that. So, when the woman saw the tree was good and pleasant to the eyes, a tree desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave to her husband that did eat with her. And the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked. Now, God's first economy, as Brother Branham would say, was innocence. They were naked and they didn't even know it. That was his first economy. But when the devil punctuated that, suddenly they knew they were naked. Because the next scriptures you find God's walking in the garden. He calls Adam. They hid themselves. And he said, Adam, where are you? Verse 10, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And God says, who told you that you were naked? So I'll say this. It's very real. That, that, and, and I would just say, I'm, I'm not going to have time to get into it. But nakedness in, in the sight of God is different than nakedness in the sight of what the world calls it today. I, I won't have time to distinguish that today. And he says, it was naked. So I'm, let me just bring you back to something. Now, Brother Branham was preaching in Africa. The Holy Spirit comes down. There are native women out there who, who were un, in states of undress. But when the Holy Spirit came down, suddenly they covered themselves. Now, they weren't taught they, they, they didn't have anybody instruct them, but this was when the Holy Spirit came. Now listen, 
evil spirits will cause a nakedness. Or, and I will, I will I'll bring it in a different way, even legion, even legion, he, he, the demon spirits threw the, the clothes off of him. But when God brought him back to his right mind, the Bible said he was clothed and in his right mind. So everything in this age is to try to present or to flaunt. And you say, well, Brother Ed, nobody's going to be naked in a message church. No, I'm, I, I don't believe that at all. But the enemy will cause you to. Let me, let me just bring it to certain standards here. He'll cause you to wear a dress that when you sit down, your knees are exposed. And, and it leaves something open. Or he'll cause you to wear something so form-fitting that it doesn't leave much to the imagination. And I say, Satan is the designer of women's fashions in this day. And I say this, a real daughter of God doesn't go that way. What is modesty? Listen, you ask the world what modesty is. I mean, they'll, they'll say it's a one-piece bathing suit. <laughs> That's their definition of modesty. Actually, I, I didn't even get to this, but there was a man, I think his name was Pollard or something, he went back and he did a study and he says, the way the devil was able to convince the women that immodesty was all right was to start with the bathing suits. Do you ever look at a, I, I happen to see it just probably, a, a woman in a bathing suit a hundred years ago? It was like a dress down to her knees. But he was able to convince the women that as a bathing suit, it was okay. And that brought about a whole fashion change. Friends, that devil is still at work today. He'll come into our midst. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm here right now. I'm not going to stop, okay? Do you ever notice, okay, I, I, I watch a little bit of sports once in a while. I watch volleyball. I watch tennis. But did you ever notice they have men's tennis? Men, they got long shorts down to here. Women, they got shorts. They're like right up at the thighs. Who, who's responsible for this? Hey, it sells tickets. Men go and buy t-shirts. You, you, all the t-shirts are up to here. Women buy t-shirts, they're all v-necked. Who's designing these things? It's the enemy out there. And you say, oh, but that's all they got. But if you're a child of God, there's something in you that says, no, I cannot go there. Brother Ed, why are you preaching this? Because it needs to. There's a generation coming up. And I will say that as part of this generation, part of this generation, the, 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 the temptations get worse. Skirts get tighter. All kinds of things happen. Now, I'm, I'm going to, if I can say this, and I really didn't cover it, but before the fall, there was a oneness. After the fall, God had to establish new boundaries and a woman, her body was going to bring forth life. It was sacred. God had to give her that. And he had to give her a feminine spirit. And she was going to have to be subject to the man. Okay? Now, this applies to us, brothers, as far as our role towards Christ. We're not spiritual in ourselves. We submit ourselves to God. I'm, I'm going to do something here. I, I debated this. But I want to play this. It's a little video clip. It's about 13, 14 minutes long. And this is a woman, she's not a message believer, but she has a standard, and it might, it's, it's, it's close, it's got some things, but I want you to hear a woman that the Holy Spirit deals with. 
and what she goes through. And she's telling a little bit of our, her journey. So I, I, I'm, I'm doing this because I, I understand there's a battle here. Brothers, I, I've been around enough. I know, I'm a, I'm a man. I know what the battles and challenges are in this age. Sisters, you have a battle too. And I want to be here to help you whatever I can. So, so this was a good perspective. I came across it, and, I, and I, there was a couple of things that were so profound in it, and I'm going to refer to them in a moment. But, Ethan, can you play that? And can you do me a favor, Brother Jarrett? Just turn off the front lights. I'm going to play this. It, I just want you to listen. It starts out a little slow, but it comes to a couple of things, okay? So, so let's just look at this, all right? Hey, everybody. It's Bindi Mark, and I am back with another video. Today, I'm going to be talking about what my journey has been like alongside the Lord to a place of modesty, both inwardly and outwardly. I definitely don't want to posture like I'm someone who has it all figured out because I think that as I continue to uh, just get older, even in age and especially in spiritual maturity, um, my understanding of modesty and discretion and all of those things will continue to evolve as time passes on. But uh, I just wanted to make a video about where I am now and how I got here. Um, so for me, the, the discussion of modesty, if you will, with the Lord started with me a couple of years ago. And ironically, I remember what I was doing is I had just finished uh, washing some laundry, dried it, and I was standing in front of my closet and I was hanging up some dresses and some shirts. And while I was doing that, I was praying and I was asking for, for good things, all of the things that I felt like, you know, are good things to ask for, ask for, for wisdom, for, for knowledge, for understanding, things like that. All of the gifts that I, that I would, you know, I believed were in line with what the Lord would want me to ask for. And while I was in the middle of that prayer, I, I heard the Holy Spirit interrupt me. And the Lord said to me, I hear what you're saying, but we need to talk about the way you dress. And I remember I kind of was just like stunned into silence because I heard the voice as clear as day. It wasn't an auditory kind of hearing, but it was, I could hear it in my, in my spirit. And I knew it was not my own voice. I knew it was the voice of the Lord. And so I kind of paused and I stopped talking and I stayed silent and the Lord himself stayed silent. He just kind of let that pause, that, that silence kind of sit for a minute. And then he went on to say, so at first he said the way, um, he said, we need to talk about the way you dress, pause. The way you dress displeases me. Yeah. And, and so I just kind of like sat with that. I didn't know what to say. I don't think that there is anything that, you know, I can say. But um, that was the start of a conversation that really endured over the next four years or so. I don't know exactly the, um, the exact amount of time, but it was over a span of years. I, I would say even present day. And that conversation was about four years ago. And I just remember after the Lord said that to me, I kind of, again, like I said before, I was in the middle of hanging up my clothes and I kind of looked at my closet and I looked at the things that were in there and, and I just had this kind of, just felt like I needed to kind of not a compulsion but I just felt like I used to go through my closet and just like get rid of clothes that I knew I had purchased with a bad heart and so I um I, I went through it and anything that I knew that was immodest or indiscreet or just you know unbecoming for me to wear I pulled them all down off the hangers I put them in a trash uh, bag and got them ready for donation and I did that for all of the clothes that I knew were inappropriate except one there was one dress that I had just purchased um, 
it was kind of a it's what I it's what I think you would probably wear if you were like going on a date night or something like that and in, in my mind I was like well you know I'll wear this with my husband when we go on a date and I had just spent a hundred dollars on that dress and I hadn't even worn it yet and so I didn't feel comfortable like putting it in a trash bag to donate because I hadn't worn it so I got rid of everything except that one dress and I just put it in the closet and I left it and, and I'll come back to that later um but anyway so so after that uh I, I donated that bag of clothes and then over the next couple of months I the Holy Spirit just continued to work with me on my clothing and this was probably some weeks and maybe even some months later um but I went to Target and I was uh, looking for some some exercise clothes. At this point, I was still going to a gym. Um, I had a gym membership. I now I work out at home in, in my uh, in the privacy of my own garage. But at the time, I was still attending a gym, and so I was looking for some uh, workout clothes. And I, I you know I found something that you know looked like it was what I needed. I, I paid. I got home, and I sat on the couch. And as soon as I sat on the couch, I hold I heard the Holy Spirit say to me. Let me play back to you what you were thinking when you bought this. And it was almost as if I felt the Holy Spirit sit next to me on the couch. And like we were both sitting there together. And it was like almost like he played a recording. Like he pressed the play button. And I could hear the thoughts that I was having previously out loud. Like they were being narrated in my own voice. And what I heard was myself say to myself as I was looking through the the rack of clothes what is the sexiest thing I can buy and I had no idea that that was my self-talk I had no idea that that was what I was thinking when I bought those exercise clothes you know how they say like you have self-talk and they're like don't don't give into negative self-talk this was a kind of self-talk that I wasn't even really conscious of. It was just kind of like playing in the background and I didn't even hear it until the Holy Spirit played it back for me to listen to. So I got up, grabbed the Target bag, went back to Target, returned the clothes, went back to the rack, picked something else that was a little bit more modest, and I went on about my day. And so my my working with the, with the Lord on that was... It was an ongoing thing. It wasn't It wasn't an immediate thing. It wasn't a kind of Saul-Paul conversion. For those of you who are not that familiar with scripture, Saul went from being an unbeliever to a believer instantly. Um, that was not my experience as it relates to kind of coming to a place of modesty, both outwardly and inwardly. It really was a process where the Lord, in a way, kind of took me by the hand and instructed me, corrected me, was teaching me, disciplining me, uh, fine-tuning my understanding of modesty. And it was trial and error. And on the one hand, there is kind of a work that the Lord does in your heart. But then once he does that work in your heart, there's a practical aspect about like, okay, well, what clothes do I wear? And so, you know, I just started, you know, picking dresses that were a little bit looser fitting, um, you know, wearing things that weren't as tight. I didn't have a complete understanding of what my new dress code would be, so to speak, but I just knew that some changes needed to be made. And so I just made the best choices I could make at that time. Um, fast forward a little bit more. Um, I, I had a, this was like, now this is a maybe a year, a year and a half later. I had an event to go to. One of my friends from church was having a dinner party or a dinner at a, at a restaurant for her birthday. And, and
And I was like, I wonder what I, what I wear. And so I went in my closet and I pulled out that dress. <laughs> that dress that I had um, kept instead of donating with the other clothes. That was largely, I mean, I think that if I were out in the world, people wouldn't really bat an eye at it. But the bottom line is it was immodest. It was extremely form-fitting. Um, it didn't leave much to the imagination. And I, I was like, this would be the perfect dress to wear to this dinner party. In my mind, I was like, it's for a female friend. There's only going to be women there. Not a big deal. So I put on the dress. I walked out um, the bedroom, and uh, my husband saw me. He said, whoa, where are you going? And I was like, I'm going to so-and-so's dinner. He's like, who's going to be there? And so I told him. He was like, whoa, okay, well, you look good. And I was like, thanks, babe. And so I, I left, I went downstairs um, into the car garage, got in my vehicle and got ready to press the button to start the engine. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, I didn't forget what I told you. And I knew exactly what he was talking about. He was talking about how he had spoken to me a year, a year and a half, maybe at this point, two years prior about me wearing inappropriate clothing. And I knew knew what he what was implied there so I got out of the car went back upstairs changed my clothes came back out my husband said wait why'd you why'd you change your clothes you look you looked good I'm like I'll explain later and I took that final that final dress and this time I didn't even donate it I just threw it in the trash because I just wanted to get it out so I wouldn't be tempted to wear it again I don't remember exactly where in the timeline but then I remembered also that there was a time where the Lord kind of kind of just talk to me about what was in my heart that made me want to even dress immodestly because you know everything that's on the outside that's external that's visible to the eye that's visible to other people has its roots on the inside right so like there's something happening on the inside that is producing this fruit of immodesty and I felt like the Lord really worked with me to understand that and what he showed me is that you know I was desperately seeking to be validated affirmed and to be approved of and I remember he he told me that and and he said but the thing is the thing that you're seeking after you already have I have validated you I have affirmed you I approve of you and then he went on to say what's more than that is the validation that I give you is the highest validation you could ever hope to receive there is no validation higher than the one that I can give. He went on to say, I approve of you. And not only is my, my approval of you is complete, there is no man around you that can add to my approval. It is already complete. It is already whole. And so the thing that you are after, you actually already have. And so that was really kind of groundbreaking for me because it's one thing to intellectually understand something in your mind. It's another thing to believe it in your heart. And so the Lord helped me to intellectually understand kind of just the foolishness of immodesty, but then he caused me to really believe in my heart that really that approval, that validation, that affirmation that I was after, I did actually already have it. And once that really took root on the inside, some people would say it took root in my spirit, my wardrobe just naturally changed. My, my wardrobe continued to naturally change. Um, there, were, there were still some moments where I would go out in public and, and I, was, I was dressed more modestly and I would see other women 
dressing immodestly and getting attention that I had previously been so desirous of and I kind of felt a little bit of FOMO like I was missing out and I remember I told the Lord that I said you know it feels like you're being a party pooper God I'm like I'm gonna obey because I want to obey you and I want to honor you but in honesty it feels a little bit like you're being a party pooper and he said no Joyce uh no I'm not being a party pooper and the, the, I don't remember if he said it or if he just kind of helped me to visually understand. I think he said it. But he said, modesty is the Holy Spirit's cloak of protection from you. The, the cloak of protection for you. It quite literally hides you from the eyes of those who would seek to harm you. And it also is protection for the men around you who belong to me. That, that was really interesting to consider. It wasn't that the Lord was being a party pooper. It is his protection for me as one of his daughters and protection for his sons around me. I hadn't, I hadn't considered it like that. Um, sometime later, again, I'm kind of putting all of this in a single story, but you have to remember, this is over the course of years. And so I'm kind of giving you the highlights, but this was over years. And I remember at one point, again, I don't know if the Lord told me this. I think he did, because I, I wouldn't have thought of this myself. Um, but I remember, um, he, I believe he gave me a visual. He said, the woman, and okay, let me not say he said, what was being communicated or explained was that a woman who puts on immodesty is deceived. And I, and I was like, I don't, I don't understand that. He's like, imagine this. Imagine there's a shark tank and you put sharks in there. Let's say there's four or five sharks and they're hungry and they're agitated and they're swimming around and they're irritated. You ever seen shark? You ever seen like the animal planet where, you know, they have the sharks and sharks can kind of get irritated and agitated if there isn't enough space. So imagine that there's four or five sharks in there. Imagine if you put a fish in there. The deceived fish would say, ooh, the sharks are staring at me. They must like me. Ooh, they salivated. They're watering at the mouth. They must really like me. And in a sense, the fish is right. Yeah, they do like you, but not for the reason that you think. Yes, they are drooling over you, but not for the reasons that you think. And a woman who puts on immodesty is unable to uh, correctly interpret the behavior of the men around her. She sees lustful attention as something positive in the same way that the deceived fish can look at attention from sharks as something positive. That's not a positive thing. And I feel like the Lord helped me to understand that. And it was like, once I understood that, I was like, not only is immodesty unbecoming for me as a daughter of the king, it's just downright dangerous. And I don't even necessarily mean... Thank you. I thought there was some really good things in there. And I would just say it first of all. When you dress as pleasing the Lord, you've got the highest validation there is. It, like, what other higher validation would you want? There's a, there's a well-known conservative talk show host in the United States. I can't think of his name. Brother John, you would know him. But he, he had interviewed a woman who had lived an unbecoming life. And she said, it was very easy to get men to desire me. But it was much 
And she says, I regretted that I didn't get them to honor me and respect me. Now, just this is the enemy that will do that to this generation. That's the enemy that'll do it. The highest form of validation you have is when you're a daughter of the king and you dress like a daughter of the king. And it's not just an outward form. It's actually from the inside. And it emanates. And I say this, the principle applies to us as brothers. The greatest thing you can desire is what God wants for you. To give in your hands the wife that he has for you, the plans he has for you, that's the greatest thing that you can trust in. She would also make the statement, and I I don't know if I wrote it down, but modesty is the Holy Spirit's cloak of protection for you. Oh, my. You know, the, the, the analogy of the fish that's, that's wanting to get attention, not realizing the sharks are looking at it as food. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll, I, I, I said this. My daughter, okay, I gotta say this. My daughter, Anna, she, she went through school in, in elementary, uh, in, in junior high, in high school, she held a standard all her life. And, and, and people, my wife was there, helped her, supported her, did things. And, and all along, this was in a Logos program. It was a public school, but it was other denominational Christians. And they viewed her standard and they said, okay, the mother's got the standard, but there's no way that daughter's going to keep the standard. Just wait. But she did. And she kept it not only in, in, in elementary school, but in junior high school, she, she kept it when she went to gym classes. I remember we had a meeting with the principal in grade seven, and we were there, and, and, and we had a meeting, and we just said, listen, our, our daughter's a Christian. Oh, yeah, we got lots of Christians here. No, we're not those kind of Christians. He says, we are, and I didn't say, we, we are children of the king. <laughs> I, but I, I'll tell you what, we are not like the world. We're called to you my brothers, my sisters, you're called to a higher standard than just a church standard. This is the highest standard there is in the land today. But we went there, we met him, and he says, she won't be participating in any phys ed activities without a skirt. Oh. She won't be doing any dancing activities in phys ed. She won't be doing this. She won't be doing... Uh, okay, let, let, me, let, me, let me get the, the, the phys ed teacher and we'll, we'll just discuss this with him. And, and we did. And, and I'll tell you what, they looked at us like we had three eyes or three heads or three noses. I don't know what. But they looked at us and it's like, uh, I, I can't wait to get these people out of my office. Three years later, my daughter had honors. She had different awards. Every year she was participating. My wife was active. I'll tell you what, light is greater than darkness any time. She was there at the end, that last year, she had all her awards, she comes out, and the principal, his, he had tears in his eyes, and he said, it has been an honor to have you and your family in our school. What's greater, friends? What, what, to degrade to what the enemy wants, to get the attention of all those things, or to live for God? And I, I, I didn't, this was part of the story, but when she went to high school, it was the same all the way through high school. We came to graduation ceremonies. We had a church grad, but she went to her grad because she had awards. We spent time, my wife spent time to find a grad dress that was appropriate. It took months. I mean, next to a wedding dress, I don't know what could be more of a challenge. 
I don't know if there's anybody here like that. But anyway, so, but the point was, she got this dress, and she still has it in, in the closet, and, and, and it was like a nice floral dress. It was long, and, and, and they had to modify it and take it to a seamstress, and it was work, and it did all of these things. But she went, and I will tell you this, all the others, they, you know, they, they have these gowns, right? And everybody's dressed in the gown. They're dressed the same. But when, when, when all the other girls took off their gowns, there was mini skirts. There was sleeve, just one, one little stripe, sleeve, sleeveless dresses, low cut, this, this. When my daughter took off her gown and, and revealed what she, what she was like, all of the, the boys were looking. And, and they would point to their girlfriend, why didn't you get a dress like that? I'll tell you what. If, if there's an ounce of man in them, they'll appreciate a real woman. You don't have to go to the level of getting more attention or, or being forward. That is not femininity. And I say it starts on the inside. Don't regress to that level. Don't become the one. i got to get a certain boy. Therefore, I'll flaunt myself. Then I'll do it. No, let God give them to you by the clothing that you have. And it starts from your heart. Sister Esther, you have a wonderful name because Esther was, was an embodiment of all of the maidens that went. How, where did Esther get her clothing from? She, she didn't ask for anything. She just asked the chamberlain. It was Haggai who was the chamberlain. He says, you know what the king finds pleasing. Just dress me in what is pleasing to the king. She didn't try and present herself, her own way, but I'll say this, that's the embodiment of who we are. Now, I'm bringing this to mostly a physical realm. There's a few quotes I want to share yet. But I'll say this. It starts on the inside. I say this. The enemy would try to get you to think. And I'll say this. It, it's so subtle. He'll reason with you. Well, so-and-so does it. Or that church does it that way. Well, I'll say this. And it's a different topic on headship and things. Your pressure... To dress will never be greater than when you're looking for a mate. Because your natural inclination would be, I want to look good. Now, I'm, I'm going to share a quote with you on that in a minute. But you don't have to succumb to the level that the enemy would want you to go to. And I'll say this, anything you dress, you're young, uh, sisters, I would say, talk to your mother. You're, you came from message homes. Talk, talk to your, your parents. Talk to them. And, and I would say, ask them, is this pleasing? Now, this, this, this woman, she, she went in. She's other things. And I, I mean, for a denominational woman, I, I don't, as far as I know, she didn't have the message or anything like that. But to have the Lord deal with her on that level, I thought was tremendous. And, and, and she went on further to, to tell in, in, in that little clip. And she went on further to say, she says, she often went to buy clothes Instead of gravitating to the questionable, she says, she used this phrase, one size up. <laughs> don't, don't have to go, you don't have to go one size lower or, or just to, the, to, to where you, you think you'll be in, in a year or two. Listen, men have this problem too. If you're trying to lose weight, I'll just get jeans tighter because I know I'll fit into them down the road. I know it'll happen. And, and yeah, 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 just, I know all about it. Listen, <laughs> but I'll say this, friends, it's a reflection. I am proud to be associated with this message. And real sisters, real daughters of God.
I am glad for my wife. I'm glad for how we raised our daughter. I'm glad for how I see other families in this church. I'm glad for those things. But I also recognize the enemies at work too. And I say, let's be vigilant. Let's, let's look for the right thing. Let me, let me just, just take a, a couple of more quotations and then what we're going to close. Beauty. Brother Branham, what do you think about our sisters in church wearing such short dresses? Question. Questions and answers, 1964. Doesn't it mar our testimony and set the wrong example for our young people in this church? Okay, now, this, if you got an issue with anything I've said so far, this is in the message. This is what we believe. We're not, listen, if we're not going to believe this, then what are we standing for? I believe, let's stand for this. Let's be vigilant. Brothers, let's not succumb to, to, to something lower, but let's look for the godly. Sisters, let's present the godly. Brother Adam, do you think our sisters wearing such short dresses, doesn't it mar our testimony and set the wrong example for our young people in this church? To see a grown woman wearing a dress so short that it shows her knees when she walks. That was a problem in Brother Branham's meetings? With the Holy Spirit was there? Yeah! Brother, sister, whoever you are, I agree with you 100%. It's a disgrace. Now look, now listen to his frustration. But tell me what to do about it. I preach it as hard as I can, and they do the same. It's their judgment, because the words went forth. I'm certainly against this little old skin-tight dresses that look like, he said, I fuss at my kids, Becky and Sarah. I fuss at them all the time. Media takes Becky apart every day. Dresses plumb up. You know, kids, you can expect that in kids, but when it comes to a woman, there's something wrong there. Don't hurt your feelings. I'm answering questions. I'm telling you from my heart. I am glad we had the truth. How many sisters will say, I am glad we have a truth, we have a standard? Oh, there's more I could reach here. Now, I need to give a positive spin to this, okay? Now, that doesn't mean that you need to look frumpy. I'm going to use this word, Okay? That doesn't mean, like, we, we had a sister, I, I'm not going to tell her name, you might know who it is by how to describe it. She used to be a fashion model. And she came to church, and when the Lord dealt with her, she wanted nothing to do with it. And she, she never really did try to go down, because I think it was a greater temptation for her. So she, she always kept her hair back, she always kept her clothes very simple, she didn't do that. But, but listen to how Brother Branham says it, okay? Because I think there, there's a, there, you can go so far on the negative that we forget the positive. There's a positive here. So, we thirst for fellowship. We want fellowship. I'm, I'm just winding down with this. Like a young man and a wom young woman, it's not, uh, okay, I gotta say it how he said it. It's not, not unnecessary, <laughs> Or it's not unnatural for a young woman and a young man to love one another. Oh, man. Really? Yeah, no, really. <laughs> okay, I mean, I know of one couple that could have said amen here for sure. Okay, now we find many things. And he says, 
It's their age. They love one another. It's not unnatural. It's natural. Now, we find many things in life that we live in the natural body that we thirst for. It's something in us. We absolutely feel it's necessary. Now, listen to what he says here. We find many women in these days thirst for beauty. There isn't a woman. It's a natural thing for a woman to thirst to be pretty. Oh, really? That's her God-given instinct and her beauty that God give her, listen, there's three more words after this, for her mate. Not for everyone, but for her mate. And he says, now we find out that women wants to be that way. Why? It's something, God, it's not wrong for women to be pretty. Oh, man, brothers and sisters, you ought to have been saying amen. We've got some of the, the okay, maybe the brothers... Because it, it, <laughs> I, I, okay, I'm not going there. Stop. <laughs> I, I, okay, so I, I, I got to share one more here, and and this is Brother Branham talking about a man. Oh, which one was it now? Oh, it, it was about a man, and and oh, I don't know. It was it was when he went somewhere and he was preaching and the minister, and he says. I, Brother Branham, I need to introduce you to my wife. And, oh yeah, here's, here, I think this is the one. No, that's not the one. Anyway, he said, I need to introduce you to my wife. And he, he said, I came to her and I was shocked. <laughs> and he says, first of all, he says, she was in such a skin down dress. She, she, her hair was cut. Was, and, 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 he, and he says, and Brother Branham would just be, he says, uh, Brother, uh, can I just say something to you? He says, you say that's your wife and she's a saint? He says, she looks more like a haint. He says, and, he, and, he, and in that same quotation, and I, maybe I didn't have it, I can't find it here, he says, her beauty was given to her for her mate, not for everyone else. I say this, we have been given to the Lord. Let me finish with, with one scripture. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 31. There'll be another part to some of this, and it won't be just on the sisters, it's actually in a little different vein. Proverbs 31, let's just read a part of this, and then I'll have the musicians come, but verse, this is, this is such a wonderful scripture. Verse 10, who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works willingly with her hands. She is like merchant ships that brings her food and afar. Verses 13 and 14 could be just described in one word, shopping. But it, it, it says it in a different way. She rises also while it is yet night and gives meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considers the field. She buys it she, with the fruit of her hand. She plants a vineyard. Listen to this, verse 17. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. Drop down to verse 25. Strength and honor are her clothing. Listen. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in the time to come. Why? Because if you put God first, he will bless your life. He will give you the right husband. He will bless you and crown you with a beauty that others do not have. Where does it start? 
right here, right from youth, right in young people's services, right in your home. And, and that's what God, what he's got something for you. Right? Let's have the musicians come. Listen, I know this kind of went a little long, a little bit different direction. I, I just trust that, I, you know, we're going to talk about things, but it's not about just rules and regulations. It's about what's inside of us. You know, you, you, can get a, uh, you can get someone and say, well, Brother Ed, you know, I'm, I, I'd like to go with so-and-so, I'd like to do this, and say, what's the rules? Well, no, it's, no, 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 it's not just the rules. The rules are there. They need to be there. What's in your heart? Okay? So, that, so that's, that's where we're at. Let's stand together. I was going to sing one of those songs, Brother John, that you were going to sing, but I, I, I'm going to maybe just sing something different if we can. I, I think we're going to sing the song Brother Andrew closed with the other day um, and keep the flag high and now I just lost it. Undefiled. Undefiled. I thought that was so, so nice. Such, I think this is a really nice song. I, I think this doesn't apply just to brothers, but I mean sisters, but brothers also. I, 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 I desire that we can be pleasing to the Lord. Let's sing this. Oh, undefiled, real pure lives, walking home, the end of keep that flag flying high by Oh, it's a world of compromise Standards have lowered making lives So devalued till all moral codes are lost But in the midst of all the sin We have a virtue that's within God wants displayed no matter what the cost undefined real pure lives walking home the end up right keep that Sold out cheap, we're worth much more. And when temptation's drawing in, let's turn and run from the evil snare. For our bodies are the temple of the Lord. Oh, undefiled, oh, real pure lives. Walking home, the end of right. Keep that flag 
undefined. Oh, undefined. Real pure lives. Walking bold. The end upright. Keep that plan.